0: Gender diversity is something that we struggle with in my software engineering team. I mean, all my direct reports are are men. <laughs> the best DevOps engineers I have are not necessarily the ones that are most familiar with the tooling, but the ones that are most able to bring about and broker agreements between different parts of the organisation. Our account manager from Microsoft had a baby and he went on paternity leave and he was like gone for a month. I think we got to make it easier for women and their partners to start a family without having to exit the workforce entirely.
1: Welcome to Code Without Barriers, a podcast aimed to create awareness, challenge assumptions and celebrate diversity in the world of coding, deep tech and data science. We are on episode two. In the previous episode, we discussed about data, its proliferation, and we discussed the journey of a data tech lead from Grab. If you missed this session, please check it out on our Spotify channel. Today, we look at the exponential growth of software applications and the changing world of app development. In the past decades, we have seen one of the fastest technology changes in our lives from internet to mobile devices to AI. This has not only irrevocably transformed how we live and how businesses operate, but it has also shifted our expectations on the availability of applications and digital services. Today, we rely on software for everything from necessary services like banking, utilities, travel, to even entertainment, games, and shopping. Software is not just a part of the business, it is the business in many cases now. As customers and employees, we also expect services to be available at the touch of an app. The remote work and life have only necessitated this even more. This means that companies must now transform the way software is being developed. And while they speed up software development, they must also ensure that the quality is not compromised. They must deploy services fast and keep updating and improving them continuously. And this is where DevOps comes in. DevOps is a crucial cultural shift as technology becomes center to overall business agility. It is the combination of cultural philosophies, practices and tools that increases an organization's ability to deliver applications and services at high velocity. DevOps is a method that allows quality software development and delivery in the direction of generating business value. So time to market becomes a key consideration here and perfection is no longer a top criteria before release. Good is enough if you have a very strong and robust feedback cycle that allows you to course correct. Such a close collaboration between IT, operations and business necessitates that now IT is seen as a teamwork, where technical experts, business and domain experts, and operational experts must efficiently collaborate to get to market as fast as possible. Today, to share her experiences and thoughts, we have with us the Head of Software Engineering and DevOps at Petronas, an energy, oil, and gas icon from Malaysia, Lisa Chan. Let's welcome Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Welcome to Code Without Barriers. Hi, Kavya. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So let me get straight into the conversation. You lead a very large team of software engineers, developers, developers, and uh, devops folks at petronas and it's a, it's a huge organization right so i just want to start off by asking you a little bit about yourself and and the team and the work work you guys do at petronas
0: yeah so i'm the head of software engineering at uh, the it outfit that we have in petronas um we're the developer arm of the organization. So what that means is that we develop bespoke applications for the Petronas group of companies. And this can be anything, uh, any kind of app that facilitates office productivity or even productivity over at, uh, at the plants. Okay, Health, safety, security, memo writing, minute writing, process safety, anomaly detection, you name it. Okay, So we, we, we do all of that. Uh, there's about, I think, 150 of us right now. And because we do so much development, uh, my group also looks at uh, the implementation of best practices to improve developer productivity. So things along the lines of DevOps tooling, agile practices, and, you know,
1: all that good stuff. Thanks, Lisa. That's that sounds exciting and a team of 100 plus, right? So that's a tall order on you. (laughs) Uh, And and you mentioned about best practices, right? And that sort of brings us to the theme for today's uh, episode, which is which is about DevOps and the modern application journey. See, every organization has a DevOps project uh, underway, and I'm sure Petronas has uh, your own philosophy and approach to DevOps. So what do you see as as a lead for this team, right? As the promises of DevOps, and maybe even some of its challenges, because we do hear uh, stories of DevOps projects going wrong as well sometimes, right? So uh, just, we want to get a flavor of uh, how you run this at Petronas.
0: DevOps is such a interesting space at the moment. It's so hot. I have to admit, though, I mean, in my role, I I speak very often about why DevOps and and rarely about the how. Ironically, I think even within my own team, um, who comprise of DevOps gurus, right, I remind them occasionally um, why we're actually doing this because people sometimes when you show them the facts, they're not really spurred into action unless they have some sort of emotional connection to what they're doing. And DevOps is is a transformation that's not just technical and it's in its cultural and its mental. Uh, so the value proposition sometimes when I when I talk about DevOps, I don't go immediately to the tooling, although the tooling is, is very exciting in itself. I, I talk about the the human uh the cost of not doing DevOps so in it sometimes no news is good news and a lot of people can relate to that because we are taught i think uh, traditionally in it to accept that you can only have one thing you know you can either have fast and frequent delivery or you can have stable and safe and reliable systems so devops tells us that we can have both and and if we do it properly you know you, you can kind of have your cake and eat it as well so for me I feel that's that's the value proposition and also the challenge that we have to overcome in, in Petronas. It's not just the I think the technical part of it, which I feel is, is quite straightforward to implement. But once people understand and they buy into it and they see the value of it, the engineers they, they pick up really quickly on, on the things that we've tried to introduce
1: great actually you very nicely touched upon the aspects of devops the cultural aspect or the human aspect the why as you said right and the how or the tools aspect and i had mentioned this in the in the beginning of the episode as well that it's it's a combination of cultural philosophies mindset change and also the processes and the methodologies at the same time and how all of this has to come together and I like how DevOps is giving us an and option instead of an or option between stability and fast and agile uh, results. So that's that's great to hear. So uh, you, you did touch upon the tools and the processes. So uh, just for audiences who may be interested in a career in this space, right, could you share a little bit on what are the technologies or best practices, or tools that you adopt for DevOps in Petronas? I think
0: the main backbone of what we're using is Azure DevOps. We use this to uh, facilitate our scrum ceremonies, we use it to uh deploy. We use it to build. We use it to scan. Um, but around the periphery of that backbone, we also subscribe to tools like Sonar Cloud for code quality, Acunetics mm-hmm. for vulnerability scanning. We use the ELK stack uh to improve observability and Catalon uh for automated testing. You know, I I could go on. We, <laughs> we have quite a number of of tool sets to just to name uh, a few. Um and so so you asked about people who are interested in a career in this space right so every time we talk about devops it it kind of always sounds like you're talking about we emphasize the tooling right because and and i always find it interesting because i think about being in a museum you know uh and why i say this is because sociologically (laughs) whenever we talk about culture and we talk about history we look at the tools right that the cavemen used and the period that they used it in so I think that the tools that we implement right, say so much about our culture and how we want people to work, right? So so tooling is such a central part of, of DevOps because b- without that, you can't actually implement a lot of the promises on of Agile, right? Like being able to deploy without uh, disrupting mm. um, the entire code base, right? and being able to do it in small pieces as well but essentially when when someone's thinking about a career in devops uh, it's it's okay to be tool agnostic so i don't mind hiring an engineer who has only been using jira bamboo and that toolset uh to come into petronas you know it's it's a lot more about the mindset uh, around continuous improvement and and that i think is much more important because the best devops engineers that i have i noticed, are the most Um, they are the most relentless when it comes to uh, continuous improvement and finding out what really is going wrong in a team or what is standing in the way, what kind of red tape that they can get rid of. So the best DevOps engineers I have are not necessarily the ones that are most familiar with the tooling, but the ones that are most able to bring about and broker agreements between different parts of the organization like ops, um, enterprise architecture and cyber security and, you know, automate some of those, uh, some of that bureaucracy away. So I think people looking for a career in this
1: space um, to be successful, I think, I think that's the key thing for me. Great to hear. So tools are important, but what we do with the tools and how do we apply it to to bring bring the team together and to remove blockers right so that's i am taking away from that so it's more about the the mindset and how do we ensure that we work together with the stakeholders so it's more more like a teamwork between development it business and and operations right mm. and a lot of arguing
0: i think you have to be prepared uh and 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 this applies not just to devops i think for any it initiative where transformation is the flavor of the day you have to be able to persuade and almost be geared up for a little bit of a productive fight with um right with uh governance especially right because what you're doing is very different you know so the idea of automated you know release into production <laughs> with no human touch is, is I think, it's, it's very daunting. It's scary to a lot of people and it's not a technical concern, right? It is a mental and emotional one.
1: It's so interesting that upon the, the emotional and the cultural aspect of it, much more than the tooling, it's, uh, it's, it sort of speaks to me. Because as an organisation, we are all trying to get to a business outcome and, and in order to do that, we are adopting DevOps as a practice, but that at the end of the day, it's a mindset and a cultural shift. Right. So, yeah, really, uh, really good to see that viewpoint from you, uh, Lisa. So uh, on that note, right, you mentioned about people who are interested in having a career and, you know, what kind of skill sets that you look for. So I just want to switch a little bit uh, to the theme of our program Code Without Barriers and Diversity in Tech. Right. so. Uh, In a typical role that you would usually hire for as a developer, what skills do you look for, right? Uh, You already touched upon a couple of them, but if you could share a little more. And also, I am curious to know how important is, is gender in this aspect? Is there any correlation between the skills and gender? Uh, especially in in Malaysia, Uh, do you see any gaps? Um, Is there anything we can do to sort of help improve the the gender diversity in the space, especially in the coding deep tech space?
0: I guess for developers and software engineers in general, regardless of whether it is you want to do development work or you want to do DevOps work, you want to do QA work, Uh, Having a uh, technical background obviously helps, right? Computer science, uh, engineering, uh, but I have found that because a lot of my work is in driving uh, change and transformation, cloud adoption, things that are different uh, for IT in general. So there is a lot of change management, a lot of coaching roles. We have agile coaches as well. We have scrum masters. These aren't necessarily technical, but they have to have an appreciation for how technical work is done. And there are a lot of capability management roles as well, because we are onboarding a lot of teams and that requires a lot of... Uh, communication and persuasion and, and teaching. So you have to be good at this as well. And I know at least uh, two of my DevOps engineers are not technical. Uh, and one of them is the best that I have in um, performing and onboarding teams into uh, automated testing. Uh, we use Katalon for that. And another uh, has been setting up pipelines and maintaining them for, for other teams. And, and, and both of these guys I have, they, they are non-technical. Uh, and and when I asked them how how, how it felt you know to, to be non technical and in in those roles, I think um, mostly what they learned in university obviously isn't applicable. But uh, most of the stuff that they do now is a lot more than just uh, programming. Um, now they have to think about architecture, build, uh, security, infra networking. So. Even having a grounding in uh, coding and programming might not necessarily uh, help help with that. So, so they do uh, they do spend a lot of their free time, I guess, engaging in their own self learning, building their own uh, products in their spare time, and we also give. Um, through accounts to, to everyone uh, in the software engineering uh, organization, so that they can pursue self learning. So it doesn't have to be expensive uh, for them for them to do so. Mm-hmm. I think there's a skills gap for for sure. Uh, lately, my hiring has been at least uh, at least thirty percent, if not more, expatriate hires. I think there is there is a dearth in uh, capability in this region in general not just Malaysia it has been hard to, to find the right talent especially experienced talent uh, it's it's been okay I think on the uh, fresh graduate front mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. the market has completely exploded for um, experienced developers so not only is it very difficult to hire for uh, the development that especially if you want full stack that skill set it's even harder to retain them. So that's another problem. When they come into your organization, right, they stay six months and then they get a, that, an offer from another uh, organization that doubles their salary. So it's, it's, it's incredible the, the the scarcity of this skill set and the I think the compensation that they are able to command now because of that scarcity. So it's, hmm. it's been a real challenge
1: okay so the, it was sort of like a two part question so if i heard you right on the on the first part around skills uh, what you were mentioning is uh, technical skills as a as a foundation is is great but beyond that to have a cross functional skill set and also to be able to continuously learn and interact with other stakeholders in the organization becomes extremely important as they get into the role and start working right so that's what i sort of gathered uh, and the second part that you mentioned about uh, in Malaysia so it looks like there is a lot of opportunity and you're saying you know it pays well too so I guess uh, the opportunity is there so if there are talents who are really getting into the space I think uh, I think hey give Lisa a call right oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, I'm I'm uh, I am hiring Oh <laughs> yeah, open to hire please please contact me <laughs> that's the, that I'm sure uh, comes as music to many people who are listening hey on the topic of about how do you build your career in this space. I know when we spoke um, last time, you mentioned that you uh, come from a non-technical background, but yet you are here leading a very large team of technical resources. How did you land the role, right? I'm curious. The second is like, how do you reskill, upskill yourself so that you're, you're able to lead a team full of technical specialists from a managerial position? How do you manage
0: Prior to, to coming into to Petronas, I uh, I spent 10 years in consulting. The consulting that I was doing was uh, managed, uh, it wasn't technical work, but because my previous organisation Accenture, we did a lot of consulting work off the back of very large IT transformation. So a lot of the management consulting work was paired um, with that kind of uh, transformation consulting that we were doing. So. The last project I did happened to be with Petronas uh, IT at the time, and uh, (laughs) I was offered a job at the end of that engagement, and uh, it was also a career aspiration of mine to understand how it felt uh, to be in a client organization. Because in consulting, you know, the, the projects are very short term. You don't actually get to see how they run, how they build, how they sustain, how they iterate, and how uh, eventually they reach their end of life. And And I think you can't really appreciate that until you are supporting um, applications for a very long term and your team is uh, not project-based, but of an enduring sort of product team. And yeah, the, the fact that I'm non-technical, honestly, it, it has been a challenge. It's hard, I think, to to lead teams who are predominantly, if not all, uh, technical and still try to add value to that, right, because th- they know so much more than me. But I think that has, that has taught me uh, a few things. I mean, firstly, it's the humility to accept opinions and direction and also suggestions from my team who are more technical than I am. A lot of my work is removing bottlenecks, translating a lot of the technical work that we do into ordinary Mm -hmm. speak so that our senior stakeholders in the business can understand it. So I do a lot of that type of work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily consult my engineers on what to do because they know what to do. Engineers who are good, they they know what it is that needs to be done. I do enjoy learning uh, from my my staff. Before the pandemic hit, it was easier because they were just all around me in the office. We used to do these uh, tuition sessions like one-on-one with Lisa every month. Okay? So they my my engineers would tutor me on a topic, uh any topic, <laughs> okay, for, for, for that month. So I remember two years ago when we first started with the DevOps uh implementation, it was a, a tutorial on DevOps tooling. So I had a little bit of code and they taught me how to you know push it into the repo how to create a user story around it and how to deploy it to production so so end to end and it taught me so much having hands on experience with the tool obviously i, I can't code cuz you know i'm i'm too incompetent to touch you know code in production now so they won't let me near it they won't at all <laughs> i don't even have access to to this repo so so uh but yeah i, I was able to 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 do it finally and uh, other projects like you know i think one of one one of the months one of them sent me a project uh, you need to provision this lamp stack using the free tier uh in cloud okay that is your assignment and we're not going to help you like, okay and you can't <laughs> and you can't use the um you can't use the form Okay, you have to use CLI, <laughs> command line only, provision the whole stack. Oh my God. So it took me, yeah, it took me a number of weeks to get that done. But I, I understood so much more about, uh, I think, cloud technologies and the deployment process by, by just doing that. So I think hands-on learning has,
1: has helped me significantly, I mean, in my own private time. That's so wonderful to hear. So one-on-one tuition classes for Lisa. (laughs) I'm very blessed that they have time uh, for me. Uh, Yeah, really, really interesting to understand that career path and learning journey, right? Uh, And uh, this is something that we also um, talk about and believe in that people who may not be in a completely technical role or background, but may be able to bring domain skill sets or business skill sets, or even like you mentioned, orchestration skills, right? Moving those big rocks for the team, getting funding and ensuring that the vision of the team actually uh, gets to be implemented, right? So those are very, very valuable skill sets. So anybody who, who comes from a business or a domain background could be uh, bringing in such valuable skill sets. So thanks for sharing that journey and with us. Uh, I, I just want to actually close the conversation with uh, one more question. See, last time we spoke, you, you also mentioned about how predominantly your team today are, um, are male members. Will there be any positive effect when the teams who are developing the solutions of the future uh, are themselves a diverse team? So that's the, that's the message that we are trying to explore in this program. Do you see any uh, relation there? And if yes, what are some suggestions or ideas that you can provide as a, as a closing comment?
0: Gender diversity is something that we struggle with um, in in my software engineering team. I mean, all my direct reports are are men. <laughs> my very first head of DevOps was uh, was a lady. I'm sorry that she's she's left us because she did bring not just diversity but um, I think a lot of color to to the team. I I can't say for for certain because it's not a it's not a data specific thing or not a scientific thing. But um, I do remember there being more debate and uh suggestions more ideas and a lot more i think white morning, and and honestly i i'm not sure whether to attribute this to the fact that fiza was a woman or that's just her personality okay <laughs> because because sure. yeah because you have you have people who are quiet you have people that yeah. like to debate and you know they're women as well so I do see that, uh, and I was actually doing a count of my organization before uh, we got into this call. I was like, just how many ladies do we have in software engineering? So I actually did a count. So, um, but I think, rough order of magnitude, it is about 20%. And most of them seem to be at the junior level. So, kind of. not manager I think this is because uh, of two main reasons uh, firstly not that many I think lack of women in STEM courses you know especially circa mm-hmm. in the 90s or early 2000s right and and that results in maybe less uh, senior leadership right in, in technology amongst women uh, maybe and secondly I think the drop-off rate for women when they have families also affects um, their mm-hmm. progression or the number of women in senior technical roles I mean in order to address this you know in in a way it's it's a gender diversity gap I think we do have to make the workplace a little friendlier for for women Uh, for example I think now uh, maternity leave is only three months uh, for for Petronas and I think our paternity leave is less than a week it's probably only like three days for for guys but in in Microsoft isn't it something Mm. like uh, it's weeks isn't it I think if I'm yes. not mistaken, yeah, because because our account manager from Microsoft had a baby and he went on paternity leave and he was like gone for a month. So <laughs> so many of the men here were very envious of that. So I think we got to make it easier for women and their partners to to start a family without having to exit the workforce entirely, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and you, you made that point, right? It's, it's not making it easy just for the women. We have to make it easy for their partners, the, the, our male colleagues as well, so that they can take their time off and they can share the load at the family front as well, right? So absolutely, you, you put it very well, Lisa. Thank you so much for your honest, authentic opinion on on this topic. See, we are all on a, on a journey here, right? There is, there is no right, wrong, perfect. Uh, as a society, as employers, as leaders, we are all coming together to see how do we make it easier uh, and give women and men alike a supporting environment for them to uh, take their technology careers forward. So I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for your authentic voice. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening in. Please contribute to this conversation. Share with us your thoughts and feedback. Follow us on Spotify and LinkedIn, and do check out our website for more related content, link provided below. Tune in next month for yet another insightful discussion here on Code Without Barriers. Thank you and take care.